Hi, my name is Kirby Ingles. I'm a leadership and transformation coach, a father of four, and a U.S. Army veteran. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve true success. Every week, my goal is to help you move one step closer to true success in a life that is rich and satisfying and helping you become the pillar of your community. Now, here on the True Success Podcast, we talk about leadership and personal transformation and dive deep into topics like mentoring, coaching, balance, problem solving, and creating an impact. True success is living your life's true calling. It's discovering new ways of viewing the world, building a life that's charged with hope, transparency, happiness, and fulfillment. True success is not what you think it is. Close your eyes and imagine setting goals, targets, and meeting them while adding value to the lives of others and making a difference daily in your community. Does being in charge make you a leader? And that's what we're going to discuss today is being in charge doesn't necessarily make you a leader regardless of the seat you in does not make you a leader and it's definitely not it does not make you a leader being in charge authority isn't leadership influence is authority isn't leadership influence is and while leaders still hold to titles and power and control we have all those things and all those things come with that leadership role that's not quite what leadership is about is it so don't confuse that So don't confuse that with the responsibility versus leading people. The responsibility over something versus leading people. And people who get this wrong are always in danger, not only for themselves, but the adverse effect that they can have on an organization, other people, or in the environment. One of the things I would like for you to understand is that people who see a position of leadership as a Achievement is something that they're striving to grab. They're always seeking that next level of power or people that are seeking authority for personal gain. The best leaders are the ones who align themselves with a vision. They fall into place. They don't strive or reach forward to try to grab more power and try and control more things. They align themselves. They synchronize themselves and they become a part of that organization or mission. And they lead like servants who are very conscious of their duty. And that duty is, is for, to other people, not necessarily to acquire more. What kind of leader do you want to become? I know what it looks like to use position authority and a title to get people to do things. Cause I've been in those positions and early on in my uh, military career, uh, I had that ability to do that. And when you begin to start out and you're giving this position, this title, this power, you use it in that manner. Uh, a lot of times they call you buck sergeants, you know, and then you just tell people what to do and they get it done. You motivate them because of authority. But it's when we begin to actually lead is when we see a huge difference in what we're able to accomplish. But like I said, There is another way, a better way. And even if you do not have power and authority, you can be an inspiring leader. I've seen people that have zero authority whatsoever, and they've inspired people. Look at Rosa Parks. Obviously, a leader, a leader, 
and and there's many others, but that's the first example that just came to my mind all of a sudden. So you don't you don't have to be a dictator. Influential leaders learn different ways to influence and develop trust within other folks. And this is a very, very powerful way to lead. I just had a conversation with a client earlier today talking about developing relationships and creating influence rather than giving ultimatums. That that's 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 news for you, right? Develop relationships, build trust so that you can influence change within the organization from the inside out versus trying to force change. Even if you don't have the authority or the title, and this person doesn't have authority or title, but they see things that need to change within the organization. Now, I can't get into too much of the details because of confidentiality requirements and things like that, but like I said, you can develop from within. You can change things from inside out, just like people. People change from the inside out, not from the outside in. You have to get to the inside to help build that trust and that confidence. And that way you can begin to influence them. You can't force your way in. So you, you can lead others and you can have more influence. What are you doing to influence people? What are you doing not only to influence people, but influence leaders? Have you ever thought about influencing up or leading up or managing up? You can do that. You can create change from the bottom, from the very bottom of the totem pole. I recently started watching a series on Hulu called Abandon. And in the first episode, the host travels across America uh, and visits lots of abandoned malls, mostly throughout Ohio. And malls used to be these community hubs before online shopping, Amazon all took over and began to crush the retail sales of those big, massive malls. Now, the episode kind of brought back memories for me of when I was a kid. Our mall, I grew up in a small town, about 7,000 people in a farming community, and it was about 45 minutes away. I always made it to a point to go visit the hat store, which was called Lids back then, and I don't I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been in the mall, so I'm not sure if it's lids is still even out there or not, but uh, I used to be a fan of the get two for 20, and I used to buy the college ball caps, the white ones with the team logo on the front. That used to be what I used to do, and that was my thing. So I'd always get to the mall, and that's one of the only places I would go to and then hang out and walk around and do all the stupid stuff that uh, teenage boys used to do. But when new stores came into the mall, everybody would get excited, right? And they had to go visit because being in a small farming community, you're always looking for what was modern and trendy because of the status that you always tried to have, you know. And anything that was new and trendy, you wanted first to be the first adopter. Being in the first adopter was always the popular thing or made you the celebrity because you had it and nobody else did. Because most people back then... Um, really couldn't afford to buy too much of them all because we're all middle class or very low income families in that small farming community. So when you've seen designer name brand stuff or new things that you couldn't get unless you went to these big massive malls that were embedded in the cities, then, uh, then you became that popular person, that first adopter. So, so you can get to this, this massive parking lot, right? And you go inside of the parking lot and you want to walk up right up to the mall directory. Remember that? You, there's that mall directory and you look on that, looking for that location to where you want to go. And after finding it, then you begin to kind of reverse plot yourself to the point that where you're at now. And there's a star there, right? Remember that start right there on the mall directory? It says, you are here. And there's a lesson here. You can't get to where you are going unless you know where you are right now. 
and why is because leadership requires you to have self-awareness and you can't lead alone or anyone else in that matter of fact if you can't lead yourself and even if you know the destination you're trying to get to even if you do know that destination you can't get there if you don't know where it is that you're beginning from now this is incredibly important and it is extremely hard for most people and I've seen this over and over again, and I see people extremely curious about the world and in their own lives. However, they're always searching and testing and trying to find their way because, well, sometimes we just run across offensive things in our lives, right? And sometimes that's even our own behavior, and that's tough to swallow. But to be honest, you know, with ourselves, we aren't everything that we really think that we are. And that's the truth. Like we always think that we're better than what we actually are because sometimes we have a hard time and it's very brutal to kind of swallow that frog, to, especially when others are telling us or showing us our faults. And I remember my parents at one point in time, you know, and maybe, maybe it was another adult. I don't recall who it was exactly who told me this or where I heard it, but I remember I was a young person when I heard it. And what you don't know won't hurt you. And I'm afraid that I have to disagree 100% with that saying. Uh, what you don't know is and has been hurting you. And the longer you go, right, the longer you go, the more damage you will continue to do in the future. And you have left a trail of damage in the past. And so for somebody to be brutally honest with you, to let you know what your faults are before you create any more damage, I say that, that is valuable. That is extremely valuable. And this is something you have to own. I love feedback. Now, sometimes that feedback feels like it's a dagger in the chest and you just got to swallow your pride just a little bit, right? But there's a grain of truth in everything that people say. There's always a grain of truth in what they say because that's their perception. That's what they see. And uh, in order for you to become a better person, a better leader, you need to hear what they're saying and be able to react to it. Now, I'm not saying that it's 100% true. I'm not saying you have to accept 100% of it, but there's a grain of truth in everything that everybody says at some point in time, unless it's just a bold face lie. Um, but when we are talking about personalities and character traits and other things, there's usually a grain of truth to everything that everybody says. So what, what you're excellent at and what your flawed qualities are. And we also have blind spots, right? And that's what I'm talking about here, our blind spots. Sometimes we don't have that self-awareness, right? We can't see that blind spot right back here or right over here. And so those things are damaging uh, your path, damaging relationships, damaging other things. You know, one of the things I love about this personality profile systems is it allows me to understand my, my personality system, right? And, and how I behave naturally. And that allows me the opportunity to understand other people's communication styles and personalities and adjust mine accordingly. And then I can kind of balance mine out to kind of match theirs a little bit. And then you can get more done. Um, it works great, right? This, uh, this, this personality system works great when it comes to network marketing events and other places like that. If you go to conferences, if you do a lot of networking, a lot of social events, um, I'm telling you, if you just understood those four personality profile systems, uh, 
you this this would be extremely important to you. Uh, and be extremely valuable to you. I'm sorry, not important, extremely valuable, but it is important. Have you spent a night in jail? And so I have in Orangeburg County, South Carolina, that's where I spent my night in jail. And so I remember the state that I was in, right? And I wasn't in the capacity to say, do, or think anything positive about my life at that moment. Now, my outlook was pretty nervous about, because I had to face the judge. I was very bitter towards the uh, officer that brought me in. And I was quite cynical about my future at that moment. But what I realized in the moment <clears throat> while I was laying there in that cell with an individual that actually kind of terrified me, in that moment, I realized that what had happened to me would actually serve to improve my life and my position and how I choose to move forward. It's how I move forward is what I realized in that moment. And as a consequence, it really became very clear uh, while I sat there through the night thinking that the whole process from the officer to the judge, to my cellmate, to everyone else who was involved, that I wasn't going to be back here again. That in that moment, I was at a point of rock bottom and I was going to bounce back from this and I was going to bounce back higher than where I started before I came down to that moment of rock bottom. And so I challenged myself in that moment. And somehow, like I said, I was able to kind of keep this, keep my head up and, and see the opportunity in this situation. And I realized that this was a defining moment in my life. And despite my poor position that I was in behind these bars and feeling that these were constraints, you know, and it kind of made me for, for a moment, made me feel like I was useless or I was a threat to other people or even myself. And I was caged like an animal. And I didn't like that. I didn't let that determine my future. And so instead of the bars giving me a perspective of tragedy and victimization and all these things, I decided that I wasn't going to let this limit my behavior or this be limitations to my behavior, that the bars were going to be opportunities for me and a reason for me to move forward, to have a uh, to forge a path forward, uh, to walk that tough road, to walk that difficult path, that I nevertheless, a path that I had to endure. And so the bars may, at the moment may have been an obstacle, something that I should climb and leap from. Here's the whole point behind this, right? But behind the, the, the bars and being in jail for a night, and regardless of the reason why I was there, is how you survey your situation is more potent than the failure itself. How you react and how you respond in that moment, what you think about and how you think, the way you perceive yourself is more powerful than any misfortune that you can have. The way you view the problem is even more meaningful than the details of this tragedy. And the most significant duty as a leader that you can have is whether you have the authority or not is to make that choice. Make that choice about your mindset and in the situation that you find yourself. No individual has any more power over you today than you do yourself. And let me say that again. No individual or situation has any more power over you today than you do if you choose, right, to th think about hope 
forward thinking, and have a can-do attitude. And you can develop a larger impact, a greater impact than you could ever have thought. Only if you have this hope, can-do attitude, and you are a forward thinker. It begins with really choosing a positive attitude and approach, and regardless of the situation in which you find yourself. Choosing a positive mental attitude will not grow your influence with others alone. A positive approach linked with critical thinking is a potent blend. Critical thinking can be a benefit to any job or circumstance you may face. Now, the risk is that critical thinking can become poisonous. Uh, there is a very tiny gray area between what is a positive critical feedback and being poisonous with it. Now, uh, critical personalities carry around a clipboard, right? They're that person that you see with a clipboard all the time. is like a symbol of their authority, you know, their presence, sort of checking it off, you know. You see it. It makes you nervous. You're like, what is this guy doing? What is he watching me? So, but critical thinkers, what they do, critical thinkers, they roll up their sleeves and they try to get the, they try to experience the problem that the end user is experiencing so they can try and figure out a solution to the problem. So what I need you to do is think positive and be a critical thinker today. Think positive, be a critical thinker today. Be known as a problem solver and add value to people's lives. As you pursue the skill of critical thinking, keep in mind that to solve a problem, sometimes you have to experience the pain from the problem. Everybody knows I'm a big fan of Stephen Covey. He wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and he wrote a chapter about it. It's called First Seek to Understand Before Being Understood. Until you really understand the problem, do you really have a solution to the problem, or do you have a theory? Then as a matter of fact, though, uh, unless you know the pain that people are experiencing, how do you know what they need? Most of us think we know what they need, but unless you've actually experienced that before, then you really don't know. How will you, you know, and there's the other thing is how will they believe you? You have a solution if it's something that you've never experienced before. I see that a lot in the corporate settings where I hear managers and, and, and directors talk about executives that have been hired above them and they have to answer to. Then again, they, the biggest thing they say is, is their inexperience. They don't know anything about what I do. And I always tell them that they must advocate for them. And, and part of advocating is educating the senior leader. And a lot of them feel sometimes they get appointed to these roles that they have no business being in. So servant leaders, really what they do for other people is, is they provide what they need the most. And sometimes they don't always deserve that but they know that's a need of theirs. And these leaders, they could point out your failures and your errors, but they don't. They let those things slide. Uh, instead of they, they introduce an idea of servant leadership, and that's by rolling up their sleeves and being of service to other people because they see the value in each person and helping the person overcome a challenge. Critical thinking is essential to becoming a leader, right? When, when you're not in charge. Critical thinking, again, let me say it again. Critical thinking is essential to becoming a leader when you are not in charge because it demonstrates your willingness to serve and to help other people regardless of the position you find yourself. And that's the theme we're on this week is you know, when you're not in charge, 
how can you be a leader, right? And it's, you don't have to have authority. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to have a position. It's about what you do. As you learn to think critically and you roll up those sleeves and you get in the trenches in the back alleys where the real work is being done, you can help people solve their problems, right? That they are experiencing. And you will not, or you will not only, not only impact the lives of others, but create an impactful influence. I had a little experience with critical thinking. So when I worked for Rosalind Carter Institute of Caregivers and I was a caregiver coach, uh, we taught caregivers critical thinking skills. And, and it's a life skill. And it's a life skill that many of us, we get so caught up in the busyness of life and all the things that we have to do that we forget to kind of step back and think critically. And I've talked about that. I've talked about stopping, breathing, analyzing the situation, coming up with two or three alternatives, even maybe take a couple of those alternatives and create a hybrid option, right? And then decide which one is going to be the most successful moving forward rather than just trying something over and over and over and, and beating your head and trying every option that comes to mind. Critical thinking, we could, we could go all day about this. Hey folks, that's it for today. If you want more great content like this, visit www.kirbyingles.com. Again, that's www.kirbyingles.com. And I only wish you the best of fortunes in 2020 and set your sights high and focus on true success. Until next time.